Greetings, fellow travelers, and welcome to the Tavern Hunter podcast. Joining me today on the show is Matt Scenario Elliott. He is a senior world builder with Standing Stone Games, uh, who is perhaps best known for his work on the Lord of the Rings online. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So uh, we want to get straight into it. We want to talk taverns. We want to talk inns because, I mean, we're talking about the most illustrious uh, of, of fantasy inns. But before we do, um, let's talk a little bit about your background. You said, I recall on one of your streams that you've worked on the Lord of the Rings online off and on for a few years. Um, would mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit more about your, your background as a game designer and perhaps specifically sure. as a world builder? So um, I grew up playing lots of video games, um, Nintendo, uh, PC games, you know, eventually migrated over into PC games after years and years of playing a Nintendo, playing Genesis and that sort of thing. And that really kind of captured my imagination. Um, went to school for animation um, because that's what I could convince my parents would be a career in art that was not just painting. Um, and uh, started playing a game called Asheron's Call in college, which was by a company called Turbine, um, kind of SSG's predecessor. Um, as far as Lord of the Rings is concerned. Right. Um, got an internship there, became, eventually became uh, lead artist on the game Asheron's Call, worked on uh, Middle Earth Online, which was the predecessor uh, to Lord of the Rings Online, um, and then transitioned over into the world design team from uh, Asheron's Call um, and worked on the launch product for that, Shadows of Angmar. Um, became the lead, design, lead world designer on... Uh, Lord of the Rings Online through from its launch all the way through um, to the beginning of the second uh, Rohan expansion pack. Um, took a break from game design to kind of see what else was out there and flex my project management muscles a little bit. Um, and then was invited back to continue doing world design work a few years later, um, where I came back on uh, starting update 24, uh, working on Ironfold, um, Grey Mountains, and um, all of the instances in that area and have been, you know, working diligently on the landscape and dungeons ever since. Um, it doesn't seem like it's three years, three and a half years since then. Um, but, you know, time, time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. You mentioned Ironfold and I, one of the struggles with this podcast is to keep things on topic. But when I have people I really want to talk to, I kind of got to uh, ask some questions anyway. Um, the Iron Hills were so cool you said you said iron fold or iron hills you worked on I, sorry I, I believe we've used those interchangeably for the okay. same region um, yeah like the iron hills region is so noticeably distinct mm -hmm. so like how did you guys end up with that product like it feels almost like a wild west almost with like the gray tones obviously it's iron so it's kind of got those rust colors yeah with the mesas and whatnot yeah, yeah it's um we always put a lot of research into every region that we build um, and we, while we're doing the research, we look for ways that we can help make areas feel a little bit more distinct without feeling so wildly divergent that they aren't a part of the world anymore right. uh, or aren't a contiguous part of the world kind of thing. Um, I think we're much better at that now than we used to be because, you know, in, in the original game, you go from kind of this lush, lush forested area and then you basically cross a hard line and then you're in the lone lands and right. it's almost this like savanna kind of experience. Um, but with, with um, Iron Hills, um, Dale and that region, Grey Mountains, we kind of wanted to make sure that 
we had a very natural feeling landscape that could blend amongst each other and feel feel good, um, but also feel distinct. Yeah. Um, and we hadn't really done that kind of you know red topped, flat cliffed, mountainous area before. Um, you know, I, I if if there was one thing that I would change for the Iron Hills for us is I wish we had um, had a little bit more time to fill it up with content a little bit more um, because it is it is very like focused on basically the main narrative and then right. it's Grey Mountains, right. um, you know, Arid Mithrin. So like if if we ever got the opportunity to go back and kind of fill it out a little bit more and make it a little bit more substantial from the content experience, um, I'd love to, um, you know, could, to kind of bring it back onto topic. There are a couple of taverns within Yarnfast yeah. um, that that I enjoyed building, um, and a couple of Easter eggs that we that I stuck around in in that interior as well. Um, you know, it's it's I think different from most in most taverns that we have in the game, and yeah. that it's like you go into Yarnfast and there's no teleport into the tavern. It's just an open door that you can walk right into that interior. Whereas a lot of our other taverns, you know, you use a door, you hit that invisible, you know, teleportation wall, and it sends you into um, the actual interior. So, yeah, and Yarnfast, the whole area feels very like working class to me, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. like very blue collar, like. These are dwarves who like just got out of the mines. They're stinky and dirty. And now they just want to go and have a pint before they go home for the day. So I think y'all yeah. nailed that tone. They, they, I think they all, the, the feeling of they're just kind of like working with what they got um, was mm. kind of what we were going for with the whole region. Um, you know, just a, you know, a place where, you know, it may not have been their preference, their choice to right. be where they set up shop, but this is where they are. So they're going to make the most of it. Right. In contrast with that, uh, the Iron Hills being one of the, the newer areas, you know, three years is still new in Lotro terms. Yeah. Um, going all the way back to the initial Shadows of Angmar release, you have some very cozy and iconic inns and, and taverns, mm -hmm. spaces like Shire, Bree, Rivendell. Um, so when it came time to include those inns and taverns that are just so special to Tolkien fans, uh, what was that design process like? Um, a lot of it was, again, research, um, going through and seeing what information we can find um, about those specific locations, what the green dragon or the burden baby is like from the books, go and, you know, see what the, find out what the prancing pony is like um, in, in places where we have taverns and inns that weren't specifically called out uh, in the lore, You're trying to gain a character for what the town they're in was like and bring some of that character into the interiors. Um, I think we also really wanted to make sure that, um, particularly in the Shire, that all of those taverns felt like there was a life within them. Mm -hmm. You know, there were there was things going on within them um, to, to sell the idea of it being a, a focal point, a community point, not just for the players, but for the NPCs as well to help it feel more like it's a living thing. Um, from a, a actual construction perspective, you know, we we built again we, with, with what we had, uh, kind of like right. the people in Yarnfast, um, <laughs> and it and it was all new to us. Um, you know, we had some certain details that we made sure to put in. So, for example, in the Shire, every every tavern has its own unique like billboard, like piece of artwork representing the the tavern. Mm -hmm that is hanging prominently somewhere in the tavern to kind of sell that. 
Um, you know, looking looking back at those spaces now, um, you know, 15 years down the road, you know, even longer actually, um, probably closer to 17 years down the road at this point. Um, you know. I do cringe a little bit going into those places because like, oh, the, the lighting or the textures uh, or, you know, that's a piece of artwork I made when I was brand new to the industry and it's horrible. Why are we still using it? That kind of thing. Um, but does that go back to your fine art background? Like you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're suddenly in review with your college professors. Like, oh, I could have oh, done that better. Kick, kicking myself, be yeah. like, why didn't I add more polygons to that? Um, I think one of the things that we were kind of taking a shot in the dark with, with a lot of those taverns was not really being sure what players would use them for, or mm. if players would even use them at all. Right. Um, you know, just from prior experiences working in different MMOs, we knew players like to gather in places, but it's always kind of, you know, you're rolling the dice, like when you make places that you hope players will gather and then they decide, nah, this stall over here or this rock like this is where we want to where we want to be like i i had i had a uh i had an issue on the message boards because i deleted a rock from rivendell that apparently this one kinship really really loved and it was their like their meeting spot it was their like nature tavern basically oh, wow. and because i had deleted the rock because i was polishing the area i had no clue so i was like oh yeah all right putting your rock back here's <laughs> some more flowers around it too i'm sorry <laughs> Some flowers um, for your trouble. So you know, it's it's always it's always tricky to know like if players will will congregate in those places. Um, you know, we certainly we have we have a lot of places that we've built that you know I think in the early game really did help service as that social hub. Um, Prancing Pony is probably the like biggest tavern in you know community hangout spot that we have. And we tried to, to reinforce that a little bit more by having that stage, you know, right outside the Prancing Pony where players can play music, though most of them play it at the Stable Master down the hill, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, or in that little haystack really, behind the Prancing Pony for some reason. Right. Um, but, uh, but really, like, you know, we, we knew Prancing Pony was going to be a very iconic place, and we wanted to try to make sure that we we offered role-playing opportunities around it um so that play, players would use that and then we've kind of like extended that out to other locations throughout the world like whenever we build a uh, a housing neighborhood we always try to make sure that there's some sort of uh tavern or shopkeep there that that players can go to we try to make sure there's some sort of social space that the whole community of a neighborhood can go to, whether it's a gazebo in the center of the neighborhood or a, a concert stage that looks out over the plains of Rohan. You know, we, we try to make sure that the opportunities are there for players to, to bring their communities to those places if they so want to. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you're constructing these places, do you think I kind of got two questions at once. So first, what do you think a good tavern needs to achieve the right vibe, um, especially in Middle Earth? And then as kind of a follow-up to that, um, what kind of particular features or care do you put into achieving um, a particular aesthetic within mm -hmm. the different races and nations within Middle Earth as it kind of relates to inns and, and even architecture in general? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, in, in constructing them, 
any tavern, it's important to to make it feel like there's a liveliness to it, even if there are no other players except for you in it. Um, you want to make sure that there are vendors there that can sell things to you that you would expect to find in a tavern. You see NPCs that are like talking and dancing and having a drink, maybe playing music, so that the other players aren't required in order to set the stage for the space. Um, something I think that we're more effective at now with our, our more current taverns than we were with our old ones is, is you know, lighting has a huge impact on the mood of a space and can really change how you feel when you walk into it. Mm -hmm. I think the Shire taverns, you know, they're, they're fun, but their lighting is also very flat. So it, it almost feels a little austere and uh, kind of a little uncomfortable sometimes mm -hmm. walking into them now, um, knowing what we can do with lighting in comparison. Um, whereas, you know, I, I think my favorite, uh, tavern right now is the Jolly Bell, just because you walk in at the Jolly Bell is in um, Dale. Okay. Uh, you walk in and there's a level of richness and depth and clutter and shadow and detail in the space that kind of makes it feel cozy to be in, you know, kind of like how the tavern is just kind of like wrapping its arms around you and welcoming you in. And, you know, saying like you can sit up at the bar where there's a lot of light or if you want to go back into a corner where it's a little bit quieter, darker, like you have that, mm -hmm. you know, you have that kind of space. Um, I think there are times, too, where we call something a tavern, but when you walk into it, it feels it doesn't feel like you, how you would think a classical tavern might feel. Um, you know, a lot of the the taverns that we have in Minas Tirith, for example, you know, Minas Tirith is by itself, by you know, on its own, this grand, you know, decadent fortification. You know, super high walls, big heavy brick walls, like you know, marble everywhere. So when you go into those taverns, you feel like you're walking into more of an event hall right. uh, than you are a tavern, and that's a diff very different kind of feel. Like you could have, you know, if you wanted to have weddings, um, which we did last year. You know, we did the wedding of Aragorn and Arwen, and we went through and redecorated <clears throat> every single tavern yeah. and and pretty much every single other interior in Minas Tirith for the wedding. You know, bringing in you know bringing in flowers and different light sources and whatnot to kind of really change the look and feel. So you can kind of go back and forth between two spaces, the two spaces, the wedding version and the non-wedding version, and be like, wow, like these these feel like they're for different events. Um, well, that's just kind of proper, isn't it, too, when you consider this high Gondorian culture of Minas right. Tirith, they're going to have these flashy, you know, taverns, as you say, quote unquote taverns, you know, to contrast with the more rustic Shire Inn right. or even like the, the dumpy fishing tavern in, in, in Lake Town. I, I think that contrast uh, holds the source material in high regard. Yep. And then and then we have places like uh, Thorin's Hall where we have the bar underneath Thorin's Hall, where like that's the kind of place where you go in and you could feel like there's going to be a bar fight breaking out right. every any minute. Um, you know, it's a little bit more rough and tumble. But again, we set the stage with characters where it just it feels lively and it feels like all of the NPCs themselves are having fun there, even if they're just about to smash someone in the face with a, 
like a mug of mead. <laughs> yeah, right. T tell us a little bit more about that. What is the, the scripting process, right? The, the writing process like when you are creating, you know, these little scenarios that the uh, NPCs are engaged in? So um, the, the most basic version of it is we can drop down a character entity um, that has no logic at all associated with it. Um, and we can set it to just play a basic animation. So a lot of the times the characters that you see just doing a dance or sitting at a chair, holding a mug, like, and that's all they're doing. They're not even really, they don't even really have any intelligence behind them. They're, they are basically an animated decoration object. Um, then we have kind of the next tier of that where, you know, you can, have an, an NPC like say color text and whatnot as you get in proximity to it. And it can, it doesn't have to be the same thing over and over. It can change those up. Um, and then the next tier after that is a little bit more complex where, you know, using either quest logic or scripting, you can actually make the NPC, you know, act and do things, move around the space. Um, the tricky part with those is, with doing those though is, um, particularly if any of that is associated with a quest, you can sometimes slow down other players' progress through doing those things because the NPC is tied up acting for someone else. Yeah. Um, so we generally, we try to lean more heavily on um, the, the decoration NPCs and the ones that are, are almost decoration, but are, you know, providing some color text into the space. Um, um, or ones that are just patrolling around um, to make things feel a little bit more more active and alive. Makes sense. Makes sense. So for my last question, it's kind of the ubiquitous question that we always have to ask. Um, of all the many taverns, inns, alehouses, whatever we want to call them, mead halls, uh, that you guys in the Lotro team have uh, constructed over the years, which one would you most like to, to spend an evening at? I, I think I already mentioned it, the Jolly Bell. Um, mm -hmm. That's that just for me. And, and, you know, I went through basically everything, um, everything this morning, like I said, to kind of refresh my memory. But like that one to me is the kind of like most cozy, mm -hmm. welcoming one for me anyways. And I know everyone's going to have like the different ones that they really like. And I, and I know a lot of people are like, why didn't you say something in the Shire? And it's like, well, the, the Shire ones, <clears throat> they're, they're too bright for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause I think everyone, you know, would have a different, if we took a poll on the yeah. Lotro forum or something, everyone would have a different feeling maybe because the, the green dragon, cause that's the Hobbit one or the Burton yeah. Davy cause it's a deep cut, you know, for the people who know about the Eagle and child, whereas, you know, other people might appreciate the aesthetic or the NPCs a little bit more. So. Yeah, and, and that's the nice thing about having that variety in there is there are a lot of opportunities for, for people to, to go where they want to and have those gatherings in those locations. Um, and, and honestly, we've had people that like set up their, their own houses as taverns for their, their mm -hmm. friends and kinships. Like they decorate them out. So, you know, I think that's kind of like another next step. It, it gives the players a little bit of ownership over their own space and, and it lets them, you know, play at being the barkeep um do you get to poke around in those at all uh i i tend not to go around to players houses very often mostly because i i feel like i'm kind of trespassing <laughs> you know <laughs> like you know i i even on my own character if i'm running around my neighborhood i i usually follow the roads i don't 
I, I feel bad cutting through people's properties to get to my house. Um, <laughs> you know, I know maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's weird thinking in terms of that for a video game. But like, for me, it's just kind of like, no, this is, this is, you know, Orc Killer 27's house. Um, <laughs> I want to respect his property and I don't want his dogs unleashed on me. Uh, you got to be careful of those, those guard dogs. I, I think those just, that's just good manners. We'll go with that instead. Yeah. Some good, some good Hobbit manners. All but right. uh, de definitely do pay a lot of attention to um, the goings on in the uh, in the housing community. Um, there's a there's a great um, couple of great housing websites out there that often run contests. Um, I am avoiding saying the website's name because I know I would butcher it. Um, but I'm sure <laughs> is, Jerry is it can. French? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but. Uh, you know, they frequently run contests that that focus on those kinds of things. And it's always really interesting to see how people arrange their their decorations and their houses to fit certain theme, themes and, and taverns do often come up in those themes. Yeah. Well, you guys have given us a lot of great tools to play with and you keep creating an excellent world. So on behalf of all, all the Lotro fanboys, uh, thank you for your work. You're welcome. And uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Of course, no problem. Well, thank you for having me on. Fellow travelers, this has been the Tavern Hunter podcast. For more on the hunt for great fantasy inns and taverns, including game reviews, books, music, and more, please visit our website at tavernhunter.com. Our music is Traveler's Respite, composed by Michael Elliott. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the show.